shortened up a little single shot 22 and put a scope on it and he laid out on the bedroll and I put a sling on it and everything. He'd fire all evening on that on his target and while the rest of us were shooting four position shoots. Everybody marveled at five-year-old doing that so seriously. He went hunting with me every time from then on. What should work and what will work are sometimes two different things. And sometimes it takes not just a visionary, but men and women with passion and an unstoppable drive to succeed, whatever the cost. When we see the Nosler name on a box of bullets, we know this is a thing that is solid. We can rely on this. We can trust this. In the last 70-some years, Nosler has become coincident with bullet performance and hunting success. From the partition to the E-tip to Nosler Custom from Africa to Alaska, Nebraska to New Zealand, Nosler bullets are used by more sportsmen than any other brand. But what you might not know about Nosler is there's a family behind the name and individuals. And so this story, Bob Nosler, born ballistic, coming out in March of 2021, it's the uniquely American story of a young boy growing up in the 1950s and the 60s with guns, guitars, and hot rods. For Bob Nosler, fall meant football and long drives to deer hunts. He grew up in the 1960s, played lead guitar in a hard rock band, walked away from college and joined the submarine service. But the family business called and a challenge and a problem that would decide the fate of a bullet called the Nosler Partition and his father's dream. So this book picks up where the founder's story left off. And what we do is set the stage with the first chapter called Today is a Good Day to Die, which introduces us to Bob Nosler on a caribou hunt that went wrong when cultures clashed. And then we get a glimpse back in time with Wheezy Don't Worry when young Bob spent a summer with his alcoholic mentor out in Oregon's Outback. And then a glimpse of rock and roll's roots when Bob straps on a three-color sunburst Fender Jazzmaster, learns three chords, and starts a band. So this is a book about hunting, but it's also a book about business and culture and fire and the kind of fire that ignites a vision. Where John Nosler helped reshape hunting on the North American continent, Bob Nosler carried the brand and reshaped hunting across the globe. So this book is really for sportsmen and women who dream big. Leaders of business are going to recognize the characteristics of success that translate from the field to the boardroom. And old hunters are going to say, yeah, this is so. This is the way it was. In this episode, we're joined by Mason Payer. He's the senior marketing manager for Nosler Incorporated, and he was there with me in the course of this project as this book came together. When you heard that we were going to write this book, what did you think? What went through your mind? Well, I was excited, you know, and I felt just tremendously privileged to be included in the in the project. You know, I mean, I, I think there was a couple of times, you know, we'd be sitting in the room there and Bob was telling stories. We were working on the book and, and I'd almost just wonder, you know, kind of pinch myself like, what, what am I doing here? You know, how did I get to be here to to help do this. It was just so neat to, to listen to those stories and just be part of the project and kind of be part of the, the history, you know, and learn more about the history of the, the company you work for. It was just a lot of fun. As I worked on this project, 
I, I thought a lot about the Nosler family. I thought a lot about my own grandfathers. Nobody's going to write a book about my grandfathers, but they lived through this whole time, this period of American exceptionalism in the 1900s. I felt like I was honoring their memories at the same time I was honoring John Nosler's memory uh, by working on the story with his son, Bob. And so we, we kind of struggled when we were coming up with the title, didn't we? Oh, yeah. Name, titles and naming products, this is always the hardest part of anything. You know, it's just tough, you know, because how do you encapsulate all that work? How do you do it the right justice with just a, you know, a short title or a name or something like that? And, and it's, it's a challenge, you know, but I, I think we really we nailed it. And I think we did a good job and pays a little bit of homage to the the first book about Big John and then we're kind of continuing the Nosler story with with Bob's story and turned out great and you know you talk about honoring uh that that generation that came before and your own grandfather and I've thought about that a lot you know as I get older I I think man I wish I would have taken more time when I was younger to really learn about my grandfather and and know more about him and how neat will this be for you know generations in the future to to learn about these stories and and you really get to know the the human side of of things and what was going on you know Bob talked about kind of the, the political environment or the economic environment of the times you know you forget those things or you don't think about those things because we weren't there we didn't experience experience them and how it affected their decisions and how it affected their life. And it's just, it's fun to hear those stories and just learn so much more about things we take for granted today. What really sealed it for me, I think, was trying to understand young Bob Nosler. And so I had seen glimpses of young Bob Nosler through the eyes of his father. And the stories about hunting rattlesnakes and getting stung by yellow jackets and his first deer rifle. One of the things that stands out to me is little Bob at the age of five. He's at the gun club in Ashland while the men are shooting competition. He's over in the corner. He's five years old and his dad has given him a 22 rifle. He's all by himself in the corner and he's shooting at this target over and over and over again, just focusing on punching that center ring, that X. And it kind of gives you an inkling of what this man is going to grow up to be. And he's five years old in at the gun club in Ashland. You flash forward, now he's 14 years old and his mom wants him to play saxophone in the high school band and all he can do to play that saxophone because what he really wants is he wants to play the guitar. And he ends up getting the money together to buy this Fender Jazzmaster with flat wound strings. And, and he learned to play that thing by, like everybody did in those days, by picking up uh, the needle on the record player and putting it on the chorus and learning those chords over and over and over again. That is That takes focus to learn to play the guitar. Yeah, I think that was kind of the neatest part of the whole project was was getting to meet that man the the young bob nosler because of course that's someone i don't know i'm the you know close to the same age as john his son and so he's close to my dad's age and so that was someone i never i didn't even know you know i, I was kind of my eyes were kind of open it was like you know learning about bob building hot rods and building playing, a submarine yeah playing the guitar <laughs> having a band and you know stuff like that i was like wow you know i mean you know i've spent time you know of course i've worked for bob for quite a long time and been able to go 
on some hunts with them and spend some time together. But, you know, when you, you sit down with somebody like that and, and they kind of tell you their whole life story, it, you learn a lot about them and, and learn some things you didn't know and a few surprises along the way. And yeah, you definitely get to know a lot more about the, the person that you, you thought you knew. And then this company that, that we thought we knew, there was a, a lot revealed, I think, as I talked to Bob, the stuff that I got insight into from the 1970s and the 1980s and the 1990s, even stuff that was going on when I knew him, you know, now now revealed to me in the course of this book and in the course of this project, that focus is still there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, getting to hear those stories of, of you know, the ups and downs and the trials and tribulations and the, the challenges overcome and the triumphs and the, the wins and the losses and all of that that got us here today. It's, it's easy to just assume, well, you know, this is the Nozzler today that I know is is the same company that it's always been and it's just always been this way. Well, it's not, you know, it's been a, a growing, living, breathing thing, you know, that uh, Bob's been at the, the helm at for quite some time. And so to to hear his take on it and the, the things that got us to where we are now, you know, it really, you have a whole different perspective on, on everything and, and kind of where you're at. And it's just humbling to just be a you know, a small part of it now by getting to work there and small part of the story. A person really needs that wisdom that can be passed down from the previous generation. It's easy to ignore it or, or think that we're going to catch up with it again later, but we may not have those opportunities. There was a, a special connection between John and Bob. Those two men loved each other. And Bob and his son, John, who's the president of the company now, there's a real connection there that has grown and and been forged in fire, literally, at this company with the challenges that they've had and the, the obstacles and the things that they've overcome. We can transfer some of those things to our own families. And while working on the John Nosler going ballistic back in 2002, 2003, 2004, I really felt like this man whose biography I am working on that I'm writing, he's becoming my mentor. And at the same time, you know, that was going on with Bob too. And I look at those two men as a couple of my mentors. And I wasn't looking for mentors as I was working on these projects. I was just enjoying my career as an outdoor writer and, and this opportunity to, to work with this company that I admired. But yeah, I came away with it with a lot of benefit in my own personal life. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of good good lessons in there without, you know, without being laid out as a, you know, necessarily a book on how to live your life. There's definitely some good, good lessons in there that are, you know, uh, they were easy to recognize because I, you know, know what the core values of the, the company are and the Nauser family are. And you can see that theme throughout all the stories of doing the right thing and, and taking care of people. And that's just, right. You know, you, that reminds me, I started off to write a business book. It was going to be a business book. It was a good book about business and and adventure. But what it turned out to be was we left those core values in. That was foundational. Bob wanted this to be a, a book about adventure more than anything else. And and I think that those core values are transmitted through the stories starting off um, with hunting with the Inuit and in a situation that he thought maybe he wasn't going to get out of. These are these are at the core of this book, but it's at the core of this man and the core of this family. Absolutely, yeah. And then one of the, the things that I thought was super fun to get to do with the book and that you did a little bit different one on this one was 
was the was the photos, putting so many photos in the book. And I, I couldn't was, have done that without you, though. By the way, yeah. Well, no, it was it was fun to do. I was happy to do it. I felt you know privileged to have access to just uh, boxes and boxes of of photos. It kind of made me a little angry too, because here we're finding photos that I hadn't found in the first project. They were there, but I hadn't found them the first time. <laughs> <laughs> you wish you'd had them for the first book. Yeah, <laughs> we were playing catch up. No, it was just neat and, you know, find these photos and, you know, working for any company, there's kind of those company legends and, and founding stories and things like that. But then to see the photos from them and then have Bob, you know, look at looking through the photos with him and him then he'd remember a story you know and then he'd mm -hmm. start telling us the story that went with the photo and it was just neat to hear all of that and just get to see all the, the history and it's easy to forget that this is you know it's someone's life it's their their whole their their livelihood their life and their adventures and, and it's the story of america i keep going back to that it's the story of american exceptionalism and people that were allowed to follow their dream i I think about, I always refer to him as young John, but he's the John Nosler that's president of the company now. And I worked with him back in 97 when I was the buyer at the plant. He was coming in as a janitor at that time. And so he's 10 years younger than me. I knew this was the third generation Nosler. And I looked at this young man at the time, a teenager, and I thought, yeah, this is a person who could lead this company someday. I had no doubt in my mind, but the way he took that job there was he went camping with some friends and he ended up breaking the window out of the truck and because he had locked the keys in the truck while he was camping. And so then he had to come back and tell his dad to tell Bob, you know, hey, I broke the window in the truck and I'm sorry. And Bob said, well, that's okay. You can start working down at the plant and pay that thing off. <laughs> <laughs> you got to start somewhere. He's worked in every facet of the plant during that time, and it's been great seeing this third generation, not just John, but also Jill and Jeff Bailey and, and the others that are there to you know, shoulder the load. It's uh, continuing the legacy on into the future. When I started working on this book, the thing that I needed to really grasp was who was the boy that became the man, Bob Nosler, that, that we would get to know in, in the course of this book. So I went back to what John Nosler had told me about young Bob from some of the earliest memories. So we go back to 1951. We shot indoor, 50 feet. Bob would always go with me. I shortened up a little single shot 22 and put a scope on it. And he laid out on the bedroll. I put a sling on it and everything. He'd fire all evening on that on his target. And while the rest of us were shooting, four position shoots. Everybody marveled at five-year-old doing that so seriously. He went hunting with me every time from then on. I, I took him on many blacktail hunts in Ashland to hunt rattlesnakes and everything. One time I took him to Steen's. Maybe I told you about the Steen's hunt that I yeah, yeah. where he shot three deer. I made him <laughs> give two of them away. Yeah. <laughs> Just the other day I was up in my den fooling around. I ran out to a, his little leather pouch that hold one box of cartridges. On your belt, had the little over half a box of 
Hey guys, if you like this episode, tell your friends. Hit like and subscribe and come back and download the next episode. Start at the first one, skip around, or start at the last episode, work backwards. We dare ya. We double dog dare ya.